It's a new day in the workroom. Your sissy that pod, sissy that companion pod, sissy that companion pod. Mm. But come on in, get yourself comfortable, hunker down. We're going to get into all of the recent drama. I mean, it's not that much, but also the latest episode of Drag Race España. Sissy that premium feed. That could work. Sissy that premium feed. That's it. That's right. Yeah, this as as a companion pod itself, it does not need a companion pod also. Uh, how are things with you? You know, I'm going to say, guys, coming into Pride season, very excited to be out in person and everything. But God, it's tiring. There's this is your happening. first time in your current employment in a Pride that isn't in a pandemic. Yes, yeah, that is correct. Two and a half years later, I finally get a live and in-person Pride. And I'm st- like, still so many people wanting these, um, wanting these virtual events though i'm doing a ton of virtual talks and and things about about lgbt ireland and lgbt rights and lgbt inclusion which is lovely lovely um but also some in person and you forget the difficulty of getting from one place to another Mm, when it's not in a virtual world anything in the in the general drag race universe news to discuss well I think you want to touch, you want to touch base on Dave, our uh, Dave. Our, our star of the Jinx thing. But the, the, yeah. the thing that I've noticed doing the rounds last couple of days, and it is here you are getting debunked. Uh, I kind of assume um, is there was this tweet doing the rounds that had come from one of those like Drag Race subreddits, and it had someone had like mocked together a kind of a promo look for Big Mother, which was supposed to be supposedly a Big Brother style of show where you would have, I think, 12, 15, 20 queens living together in a big home and it would be elimination based over the course of a, a number of weeks and it would be hosted by RuPaul. And... It emerged today, because a lot of people were taking this very seriously. It seemed to have been kind of like gathering some momentum online. But it turns out today that Juno Birch retweeted a screenshot of one of her tweets from a long time ago, where she basically was like, Channel 4, let me make Big Mother with you, which is a drag-based Big Brother version of Big Brother. So it seems that that's where it's come from. But it's really lost one of itself, because every time I open Twitter at the moment, it's that's the, the pink Big Mother uh, thing is staring back at me. Wow, I've managed to avoid that. I have a lot of Drag Race on my Twitter timeline, but I don't have any of that. That's interesting. I don't know if I'd watch that. No. What's the point? Like, like yeah, like you want access to these queens in a way you haven't seen them before, sure. But like, if you're, not to say all drag queens are the same person, but like, where is the sort of like diversity in the cast if you're going to have 20... Of the cast members in there. I I also reckon it's, it's a bit like, you know, is it just a season of big... Like, is it is it just a season of Drag Race only we're watching people in the off time as well? Like, I don't know, because it, it does feel like, why do you need it to just be these particular queens if... Yeah. It is um, if if it is just meant to be a kind of, if it is just meant to be sort of a, a reality show that's only based around kind of personality. It's not necessarily based around. I know they all have big personalities. Mm. There's lots of them that it would be interesting to see, but I just think it would get a bit boring after a while. Yeah, and like to just be fr- like untucked is boring. Now. A lot of times, yes, it is. Um, so untucked every day. Extra no, boring. untucked every day out of drag. Yeah. <laughs> Ru, RuPaul's best out of drag friend race but who knows if there's enough money Ru would do it absolutely um, yeah the only thing I wanted to talk about was every time I open my Twitter timeline it's a clip of Jinx doing 
Judy Garland and I watch it every single time. I know, every me too. Time. Is that my camera? I mean, every yeah. time. Every, <laughs> every time. <laughs> You're forgiven, darling. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so good. And I saw this video on YouTube and it included an interview with Dave since he's been on the show. Now, I don't know. I think it was Entertainment Weekly or something. I don't know if it's been since he was on the show, this interview came out and someone just re-shared it. Mm -hmm. But it was about him talking about what he said on the show and how he suggested this new sleeping pill to Judy Garland. And then that's what she overdosed from. Or that was part of what she overdosed from, ultimately. But then in this interview, he said that he actually gave her some that day. So... Um, and he was like really apologetic and he was like I hope people understand that back then things were different and we didn't know any better but I'm really sorry so I don't know whether this whole jinx thing has shed light on the situation or whether it's just you know shed new light on it or whether it just shone an old light on it again but um, I mean it's iconic it uh, is iconic. I also do feel that sort of um, a lot of gay men young and old like to pro- to proximitate proximitate themselves mm. near drama and if you feel as an a, a, a sort of a gay man that you have a way to insert yourself into judy garland's death you know you probably do it um maybe he did give the pills maybe he gave the recommendation but unless he force fed her the pills tonight that she actually passed away um mm. i don't i think that it's all a bit sort of a, a bit a, of a puff clear <laughs> don't call him that uh, <laughs> right let's get into Espana episode 9 the makeover challenge we join the queens after Jurigi's departure and is this the first mirror message we've had in French interesting I thought that was interesting that she it's wrote an omen French. for Drag Race France coming France. soon <laughs> which speaking of which I'm so surprised we haven't got another season yet. Like, Down Under is just sitting in the can, catching flies. France must be wrapped as well. They, like, announced the Queens, and then I don't know if we, even we have a date for it Did yet. They, so oh. I feel like Rue has just put his hand out and said, nothing's going to be launched during All Winners. Everyone has to watch that, and then you can do whatever you want. Do you know what? That would be the nicest thing Rue's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> You're forgiving for all that fracking. You are forgiven. But like, I mean, I think it is nice to have like, a, you know, obviously we've got Drag Race Espana going on in the background, but it would be lovely if over the next, you know, eight to ten weeks or however long it is that it was just this one series that you were kind of keeping up with and that you were you were able to kind of invest your time in. I think that would be would be really good. I think that it 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 matters to them that the all winner season is perceived to be a cut above the rest. And I think the best way to do that is ensure that you don't have a load of other stuff competing for competing for airtime. Because even I saw on, was it VH1 or Logo or maybe it was Paramount Plus, there was like a mini season of Queens like talking about the contestants who were on all, all winner season. Like I saw clips of it online, but there was like, I think three or four half hour episodes that were going out. Like that's new. That hasn't been done for any all-stars no, before. So they really are throwing the kitchen sink at this season. And I mean, fair this is like the culmination of the franchise to date 14 years yeah you know? no absolutely Makes this sense. is yeah no absolutely and i think it, it really like it, it it i think it it's uh it it matters to the future of the for, of the format that like this really gets perceived in the same way as all-stars 2 because i was thinking about it like even if you think back to like all-stars 2 and 3 i suppose 
when it really was kind of like this sort of um like almost like a a, a winner's tour almost like because it was all these tour de force queens that had this like reputation of being you know kind of amazing and then as it's gone on it's been a bit more kind of like a second chance and I think that you don't like this needs to not feel like sort of a second chance saloon or people who are trying to just get more airtime it needs to be like this is amazing yeah like also really now is correcting the narrative whereas this just sort of seems to be the best the best showing off drag s excellence dear god um because even i was thinking like i know we're supposed to be talking about spain here but we're back on all star seven um even if they did like an all runners up season like and you could get a last oh no sorry alaska one but like manila. katia back um manila Raven. and like people who right exactly yeah people who like are kind of seen in the top tier they just haven't technically won um back for a season like would be great you know maybe not people like got mick and stuff because they probably are still ripe for an all-stars but like you could probably get juju p back again oh my god <laughs> i i mean i think that's all i want to be honest that's all i want <laughs> naomi smalls like those sort of people who are like have two the credentials are too big for a standalone all-star season but would like if if it's this 12 week format no one goes home it's just legendary legend stars people might do it yeah but i do think that like there's only a fine there's a finite number of queens who are in that category and a lot of them probably wouldn't go back necessarily because you have to be careful of your reputation like that's the thing i think is that like it, it, it is a real and like perhaps the reason they've really gone this road is to show look we're going to be careful with your reputation it's not going to like you're going to mm. walk back into the workroom like fifi o'hara and then end up having to quit drag yeah yeah, you'd miss I think, now. I think in that like case, Fifi though, wouldn't you? <laughs> also, again, now I promise I'm gonna go into Spain after this. I wish they would just cast a one-off Snatch Game special episode, make it Christmas or something, and then have Jinx and Ben and Alaska Ginger. and Trinity. Yes, all the all the greatest. Just have them there for a rip roar and good time. I would be very down for that because I mean, like, I think that we, you know, we didn't guess like the, I, I would love another Bob. I, I like a another Bob snatch game would be phenomenal. Mm. We ha, we we didn't get enough of that when we when we got the Carol Channing and the um, Alexis Michelle. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Lash I don't know. She, she she did a good job. She's just not, not that memorable as the queen, I guess, in the own franchise history. Anyway, back to Hispania. I, as somebody who loves languages and the preservation of languages, thought it was really cute that they were they all swapped to Catalan because they could all speak Catalan. I found that really interesting. How lovely and frustrating for the producers. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I mean, I assume... For, for the subtitler. Yeah, yeah, I assume broadly that anyone in Spain may, must have an understanding of Catalan as well. So it wouldn't be something like, it would be like, suddenly we're going to speak, I don't know, Polish, and then no one will understand mm. us. Uh, but that was cute. I liked it. Um, and I liked their little vibe as a foursome. Marina feels much more settled in there this week than, than maybe she has over the last couple of weeks because it's felt as if she has really been like a bit of an outsider in the group for pretty much the entire competition yeah I still would say she is sort of the odd one out of the remaining four to be fair um, but yeah I think they're nice they look good they do look yeah. like a sort of girl group I think they mentioned it a few times throughout the episode we get a I'm a celebrity style mini challenge where they have to guess what's in boxes covered in pieces of cloth while blindfolded 
Estrella had to guess eggs. Benita had to guess dildo and hair. That last bit was very important. Um, Marina had to guess jelly, but she was absolutely terrified. And then Sharon had to guess cabeza with the member of the pit crew's head. Mm. This was a bit of crack. I thought it was good fun. Have you ever had to do a game like that? Um, I remember when I was younger, I played a game where I was blindfolded and had to guess what items in my house were but there was never any threat that i was going to be you know touching anything gross i went to a hen party um where this was one of the activities was just like a covered box you had to stick your hand into and you were blindfolded and it was like actually terrifying like i was the marina in that situation it took me a solid i'd say 15 minutes to put my hand in and realize that actually it was just a fluffy toy rat on a stick I'd say that would make good uh, audio-visual content, seeing you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I actually imagine it would. I, I, I certainly... Um, and I had to go first, so um, I didn't even have the like comfort of seeing the big revelation that, well, actually, it's nothing. Um, mm. But yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed this mini-challenge. It was sort of stupid... And like, I also enjoyed the fact that they were all like, oh my God, Supreme, fuck off and stop, stop making us get into quick drag. <laughs> like that sort of like just absolute sense of like, we're over this. So I was just like, what a lovely, warm, fuzzy kind of like, you know, the, the couple of days before you, after the exams have been done, before you finished up in school for the summer holidays, when everything's mm. just a bit of a piss take. I was like, that's the vibe. That was the vibe of this. Yeah, because the tra- quick drag served literally no purpose in this exactly. challenge. They could have done it out of drag. Yeah. So Supreme might as well just wield a projector in and put on a movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching White Chicks, yeah. kids. Uh, <laughs> so Estrella wins because she guessed the eggs quicker than anybody else because Benita couldn't guess the hair for whatever reason. She wins... A surprise I forgot to write down, but she also wins the opportunity to assign the partners in the in the makeover challenge, which is a, a, quite a significant thing because it can make or break a challenge. These are four members of the foundation of the 26th of December, which is a group of uh, people who look after older LGBTQ people and care for them. Um, there was Manuel. I mean, a few of these had two different names. I was trying to work out who they were. There was Manuel, there was Antonia, there was Petro, who was the famous fashion designer. And then there was Eno, who they also called Consuela, which for, for some reason I couldn't pick out. So Australia was at Manuel, Maria was at Anto- Marina was at Antonia, Sharon was at Petro, and Benita was with Eno. Uh, you do work along the lines of these folks was I'd say you were excited to see this yeah I really was I thought it was I thought it was a lovely um a lovely concept for a makeover challenge and really like important to sort of highlight this because you know listening to some of the stories that the the men were talking about I suppose of their experience of of growing up in Spain and and sort of being a a gay man in in a country that was very hostile to their identity would be similar to a lot of the 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 men I would have met through my work so you know that feeling of kind of like living in a country where you know your identity is illegal or you know where you could end up in jail and sort of that fear of you know kind of not that fear of 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 um it being revealed and knowing you could lose everything and lose your family and then also the sort of sense that you lost out on an opportunity to build connections or to to build a sort of a um a community around you because you were isolated by the times you grew 
grew up in. And so therefore, I mean, here certainly we see um, older members of the LGBT community, particularly gay men, do tend to be more isolated and, and, and a bit more lonely because, you know, the likes of men sheds or... Um, those other sort of like active retirement or or those sort of other kind of groups wouldn't necessarily, you know, there, there would still be that fear that the ethos that would remain in those places wouldn't be as welcoming. So you get a lot of older gay men who do end up on their own. So organizations and groups like they have are so important to be going out, reaching out and trying to just like, like exactly as the, the, I can't remember which one of the men it was, was talking about the reason that they set it up was because they knew that if, you know, they were able to provide that little bit of support for the people around them, that if they reached out, they could just build a network. So I, I was really happy to see this. And it's such an important issue because so much of the focus on, on, on queer stuff goes towards youth and coming out that I think older people mm. do tend to get overlooked. Yeah. Like, and they were very open, um, with their stories and stuff which was great and I feel you really got to know them and, and the the importance of the cause and I also don't think I've ever seen two 60 plus men kiss on TV before and they fully went for it you know they, they, like, they was proper, a proper, proper tongue kiss you know yeah no I, I loved that I thought it was one of the most touching moments that I've, I sort of had ever seen and it came at the end of a really beautiful story about how sort of uh, the, the the father of one of the the two men was 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 dying and he had i suppose you know he had maybe had difficulty accepting his son's identity or had sort of you know had had struggled to come to terms with it but sort of in the time when he was dying he sort of reached out to to the the guy's partner to say please take care of him and it was sort of that sort of sense of you know of accepting him and sort of wanting him to be looked after. And it was really beautiful. And, and I, I mean, you don't see that sort of, that those sort of stories shared really about older members of the community. It, it tends to, to not be something that's, that's really, and it, it to, to, that's really highlighted. And just the bond between them and the humor between them and the sort of the obvious love between them. Like it was just, like it was so heartwarming. I think it might be one of the most touching, that exchange and that little story must have been one of the most touching um, things I've ever seen in these sort of drag race m- mirror moments slash yeah. makeover challenges because it was so beautiful and authentic. The only thing I think that could beat it was uh, the Canada's Rainbow Revolution or Road or whatever. Yeah, the Rainbow Road. Was, was Rainbow amazing. Road. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I'd say that this is second to that. Like it was, it felt really significant. It did. It, it actually, it really did. And I think it's, it's nice that... Like it, it. I think that you know this is something that the international franchises Canada and 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 Espana did because they did last year. They they had. I mean, last year I got really annoyed at them because they just spent so much time talking about the massive penis and one of the other guys are one mm. of the like the sexy man. But like, there still was like a lovely story in that around you know people kind of you know sports the importance of of community groups for LGBT people have been isolated. And then in Canada this year where they had the the prom one as well like they've really done a great job in like turning this into something that really spotlights an issue and is super positive um yeah and i think that i i, I love the, the makeover challenge is always one of my favorites like it is always one mm. of my favorites I, we haven't had one since season 12 janet the planet mm. <laughs> well there was one in season 13 but they did themselves over it, oh know, like yeah, yeah. oh actually i really liked um, that that season season 13 one as well where they had to yeah simone you together uk See, we haven't, yeah, we haven't had any because of COVID. Yeah. So we didn't have any in UK two, and we didn't have any in UK three. Uh, in UK one, we had the the mums, bag of chips's mum, who she obviously. Oh, that was bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> 
so yeah, I think you're right. I think that it's I, I well, I think there is one other that we're probably forgetting, but more or less yeah, yeah, the last yeah. one was season twelve. Um yeah, there was a fun moment where the cake was brought in for Pedro and Estrella just assumed it was for her. <laughs> I like honestly, Estrella. I mean, I'd make that mistake. Me as well. too. I have to say, I think Estrella is is one of the most genuinely hilarious people that we've ever had on Drag Race. I find myself laughing when I don't even know what it is. When I haven't even read the mm. subtitles and don't even really know what's going on, I find myself laughing. You could tell she's like she's just naturally so funny which is a pity that like, if only she, she can translate it into that's what I was going to say challenges. that's what I was going to say it's like <laughs> what, what bring that to the, to the thing but no I, I like I, I think that I hope that Australia has good English so that we can see them on a uh, on a versus the world franchise of some kind mm. soon yeah definitely um so then you're pretty much into the runway I think um no here's a question for you yeah. This is like when it comes to the makeover challenge. You have a little a little bit of a little bit of discourse around this in the episode, but didn't really go into it. The bring the costume from home versus make it yourself there narrative. Which do you think if either is the correct way to do it? Um I think if you bring it from home, you don't know the body proportions of the people you're going to address so you're still going to have to alter it anyway and ultimately I think it ends up with a better product which ends up with a better TV show so I would say bringing it from home is better but you if you can make it there it shows your skill like think of Carmen Farala last year I don't think it was for the makeover challenge but didn't she give her dress to somebody else and then made herself something that was even better like in a day like if you can if you can make it yourself it's really sh- like if you can make something as good as something you brought from home, you get double points. But I don't think you should be forced to make it there and just have to wear something shit. Yeah, I agree with that. I I do agree with that. Like I I think that if if you're gonna make if you make it yourself there and it's amazing, then you know you're winning like double points. But if you make mm. yourself there and it's shit, it's not still better because you tried to make it there. You should have known your limitations. And you're embarrassing somebody else who didn't ask to be having to... Like, remember what Australia made in Design Challenge, which was basically like a crinkled tin around her boobs. Yeah. Like, imagine one of the old men had to wear that. Like, it would be, it would be pretty demeaning. It would, it would be like poor <laughs> Jocelyn Fox's bride back in season six. Hmm. Exactly. So I would I would say you can allow both. But, but double points for those who make it themselves. Okay. That's good. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, so yes, onto the runway. I was surprised this was Alexis Mateo's first time in Spain. I mean, I don't know her travel history at all, but like, <laughs> you would have thought she would have been touring Europe before. Yeah, I was sort of surprised by that. You know, now let's like you know detour into the sort of racial profiling that does happen, and we know certainly that white queens tend to be more booked and blessed throughout European tours mm. and that if you're going to travel to Europe, you probably need a number of dates. So I'm not overly surprised maybe that that she hasn't done a tour of but it would have and i guess because her all-stars revival moment came mid-pandemic it was COVID, so i yeah. think she would also like there. she is one of the earlier queens so she like when she came out of the show like there probably wasn't as much of an infrastructure here but then raja came here so there's no reason why she well i get i get the impression though that that this that raja because i know say angina is very good friends with like veda and i think that some of the Irish, older Irish queens would have been quite linked in with some of the queens who went on the show in those earlier years. So perhaps that's what like okay. 
created that link. But anyway, I also was surprised that this was Alexis Mateo's first time in Spain and also delighted she had a great time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> she was having fun. I also felt she was speaking really slowly, maybe whatever dialect of Spanish she has. I don't know what they speak in Puerto Rico, but I felt she was speaking very slowly for like, you know, beginner Spanish learners who were watching along. <laughs> um, right, so first up was Estrella, who brought the sort of magenta with the highlighter yellow hair, and one had a silver uh, corset, the other sort of had a belt. It was kind of spacey, but I didn't like it. No, I mean... It but was... actually, I wouldn't say it was the worst. No... I mean, obviously, it's her marina where where like the worst. Like there was there was a clear line. It was like tops and bottoms. Fully, we knew what it was. And I think I liked marinas more because there was kind of more of a story to it. Whereas this was like we've seen this kind of like Barbarella retro future sort of thing done a yeah. bazillion times, and like better than this, better than this, and worse than this. And it's just sort of like it felt a little bit tired. And I also thought that the critique about the padding was like really, you know, kind of uh, like appropriate because like you could see the ass pad just sticking out from one side of the things. And it just sort of mm. like, it, it like it became distracting because you're just wondering like, what's like, what is that? Now I think that Australia, like I thought it was beautiful actually for all of them, like the way they were holding the guy's hands and they were like really kind of being like gentle and tender with them, you know, mm. like making sure that they felt comfortable and Australia, like obviously the guy, I think the guy kind of forgot what he was meant to be doing. And so she just kind of had to like make it up a little bit as she was going. So that was nice on the outfits though. It, I would have to say that it was probably the weakest of the week and especially as she did bring it from home. I thought Marina's outfits were worse. I thought they were like no, like ugly, and I thought the makeup was awful. But I know that went with the character, so she gets more points maybe on the character. But I thought when we're discussing pure outfitry, couture when we are when we are when we are accessing our couturier modes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always a couturier, but never off. Uh, like she it was like pastels, like the sort of faux fur with leggings. These sort of white faces, that, but like, they were hiding. They had their wig revealed, didn't they? And so one was hiding a lollipop. One was hiding like a hip flask. This is the thing um, I I really was like, it, is it the lollipop? Like, is that code for something else? Because I kind of felt like as if if your whole thing is like sort of street walkers and and like there was meant to be some kind of storyline about how sort of you know many members of the LGBT community got pushed into sex work because of a lack of opportunities in the past. It's like if that's your storyline and like one of them's like an alcoholic and then the other one just like has a Shirley Temple style lollipop, like that's <laughs> not exactly a very compelling story, you know. Yeah. She's got a drink problem and she's got diabetes. Like I, <laughs> you know. That's the start of a good TV show. <laughs> she's got a drink problem. She's got diabetes. They're stuck in an apartment. <laughs> Big mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we didn't love it. Like you said, like I, I do think they, they possibly had the clearest characters of them all, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, I just didn't like there it. was something oh. kind of makeup gunny about the 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 way that yeah Homer's is. makeup shot yeah gun, yeah. 100%, it's just it was just jarring because she's so fashion that she came out in this straight yeah uh, yeah like I I wondered if it was because she doesn't because I do know that like a lot of a lot of a lot of women and and people who do drag 
will say that they can very easily do well they can't very easily but they they've trained themselves to do makeup on themselves and trying to do it on someone else mm. is a completely different function so maybe she was trying to play into the fact she knew that she didn't necessarily have the skills to do as good a job on herself or on the other person so she was kind of like i'm gonna mm. give both of these just kind of like janky street urchin style and it'll I hope i'll get away with it yeah, I don't know. It was it was strange for me. I was a bit disappointed overall. Sharon though gave us this gorgeous ruby red sequined look that when they sort of turned the sequence it was kind of almost emeraldy, yeah. like a deep green. They're sort of inspired by gentlemen prefer blondes and they sort of come out and they sort of rub all the sequins and they just seem to be having great fun those two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it was top to bottom gorgeous. It was like perfection. It had the sort of like that that gentleman prefer blondes aesthetic to it the, the sort of sisters sisters from um i can't even remember what the name of that film is the other film that i was thinking of doesn't mm-hmm. matter yeah. uh, <laughs> but it, it, it did have that kind of old hollywood glamour both of them looked phenomenal the makeup was really good i mean the performance was cute even though you could tell that the guy was like obviously very anxious um, yeah. and it, like was was being made comfortable by Sean. I was I loved this so much. Like I I think this deserved to win. I did enjoy Sharon talking or Sharon talking about um like having to make a dress for this famous fashion designer who's dressed the princess or the queen yeah. or whoever that royal lady was, you know. And and it's like it kind of feels straight. It was like, well, she's the fucking best. Let's make her dress the fashion designer, yeah. you know. <laughs> and like, of course, she lived up to it because she's can do literally anything she on can. So yeah, I did think Benedita did deserve to win. Look, I guess she brought it from home, so yeah, maybe that's what you're going to well, say. Well, no, she. But, I like, think she they, made the second coat there. She brought oh, okay. she brought the one Hers that, or she brought the, she brought the colored coat and she made the black and white one there. Okay. And oh, she had right, brought cool. the fabric with her though to make it. So I think that she knew for the makeover challenge the plan was mm. that she was going to do this look, but as you were saying she didn't know what size the purse was going to be, so she was going to have to like cut out the pattern and sew it there. I loved it. I thought it was really clever. I liked the black and white into technicolor kind of over the rainbowy vibe that there was going on. Um I also liked the sort of, you know, you know, I thought it was fun that they had the tassely bits and pieces, but I just thought yeah. over. I and I also like did think that the make like it was like the the progression, the family resemblance with like the the weird Amish beard thing was quite mm. you know was was fun. I get it's the beard, the period, the beard made a difference in this scenario because it was something distinct, distinctly, distinctly yeah. Benedita that she can give to her drag sister and create the family resemblance. So that is another plus one for the beard. Yeah, no, this, this this time it did work. And it really, like, the, the comparison between the two of them, like, it was distinctly Vendita, and it, it, it worked very well. I, I would agree with that. I think this is the second runway we've seen where, I'm like, that beard was worth it. Yeah. But you yeah. know what I was now, thinking? There's been a few where it hasn't been. Do you know what I was thinking, yeah. though? What? This is the first time that a bearded queen has made it to the finale where they deserve to. Laquisha La Bomba. <laughs> <laughs> yes, agreed on that. Uh... So then they all have to do a speech to their younger selves. Uh, and I mean, after Estrella's first sentence, like the Javis were in floods of tears. I just love zooming in on Javier Ambrosi with his puss and boot eyes watering. Like, it's just so funny. They, they're adorable, the two of them. Yeah, and they, they are very close to their emotions. Their emotions are like right under skin. I um, didn't pay a huge amount of attention to these things because I just find all of the speeches are more or less the same. It's like you've ha- you'll have a bad time then you'll have a better time 
you'll have a good time you know stand up for yourself be yourself the things to make you different will make you special blah de blah de blah see the same speech i would give to my younger self you know we give such compassion blah de blah de blah you're emotional who cares I thought Sharon as a child, though, that like perfumer, perfectly circular, pudgy face, I thought was just so adorable. <laughs> and then I loved Benita's like grumpy yes. look. I think the person a grumpy look we got from one of the kid photos. So it was great. Um, but yeah, this does remain my least favorite of all aspects of the like the drag race show. I just, I this like, it is just trauma porn. It's like, what else? What else have you got, guys? Pour it out on the stage here. We're not going to like, because I don't think I like, I honestly don't think it really adds anything because it's like when you have a discussion in the workroom or like one of those mirror moments and everyone gets to have like a conversation about an issue and kind of like open it up. Like that's one thing. Mm. But what like this is so generically like you will have a bad time and then a good time and never remember the bad times and you'll be fine. like unless you're going to have like like Pearl where it was kind of, you know, forced like extraction of a childhood sexual abuse sort of thing like which was uncomfortable to watch and even talk about mm. like i just i just find that i just i just don't i i just think it's unnecessary because a lot of the details are so opaque exactly so like you don't you know you don't really get to know them whereas like the podcast you do at least a bit yeah. Yeah, they have their, like, one thing that they're being... They have their entry joke, their one thing they get to say, and their exit joke. Boom. Yeah, that's what you always have to prepare. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so then they choose a Benedita for the first finalist of Drag Race Season 2. I have to say I found Benedita very hot this episode. I haven't really been seeing it before, but I was really digging them when I was watching this episode. I have also come around to them because I was very not on board as a, a human, yeah. um, uh, you know, more so than, than hotness-wise. Like, I can see that they're pretty attractive. But I was sort of a mm. bit like, eh, I don't really know if I like your character. Um, but no, I've come around to them. We were both very anti Betty at the start. Yeah. We were kind of waiting for it to go. But she's one of us over. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Eventually, just stick around long enough. <laughs> well, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> uh, Sharon is the second in the final. Kel Surprise. And that leaves Estrella and Marina in the lip sync for your life to Jennifer Lopez's El Anillo. Um and I thought Marina won this, but I could tell by the fact that both uh Benedita and Sharon were like, I just don't know who's gonna win. They're both just so good. I'm like watching a game of tennis here from left to the right to left. I just can't decide who it was that we were getting into the show. Yeah, me too. Um and I, I think it was like a hundred like I th- I think if if Sharon had had sort of kept her shoes on and and like given a more sort of com- Sharon no if um Estrella, Estrella had kept her shoes on and given a more compelling performance I don't think it would have been a four person finale like I think if Marina had lost it, it yeah she would have went, went home yeah um yeah, like I, I think that this double Shantae was they were like well we can't say that you didn't we can't say that you won that because you took your heels off immediately and then took out a puppet and just ran around the stage with it. Yeah, as someone who's done a, a drag lip sync with a puppet before, what? How do you think Australia went down? Well, I think that like that so thing. for for my my personal drag performance with a puppet, it was to a a song that had like t- two vocals. So the puppet was like standing in for Panic at the Disco in the Me Taylor Swift mm. song, whereas in this I was just kind of like it, or, like I I didn't understand why the puppet was there. 
You know, like, what was the puppet's role in this? Yeah, I think because, like, JLo says, like, where is the ring or give me the ring or something? I think, I think Estrella is being Jennifer and the puppet's being Man de Jour, I think, and she's shouting at the puppet. But, like, that's not really what you typically see with puppets. You usually see puppets being the main personality, not like a puppet not reacting at a person shouting at a puppet. Like, I no, just, it doesn't really work for no, me. No, me either. Um, yeah. And I, I think as well, like, it just, it felt kind of sloppy and messy and confused. So, yeah, you were kind of, and then like, you know, as her kind of like, she, good good wig reveal. I'll give her that. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. I think she'd have been better leaning more into the kind of wig reveal and sort of trying to give a more like comedic performance that was just relying on herself rather than like having this gag of a puppet which didn't pay off yeah and i thought marina but puppets are her thing right like we in her for in her beat the queens like she was all but we haven't seen we haven't any of of this to write the rest of us so i appreciate her trying to give it to us but i thought the delivery was poor but that puppet didn't look like it was a puppet she made herself you know what I mean? Like, if it would have been a puppet that she'd, like, made herself, I'd be kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Or even a puppet that looked like J-Lo. Yeah. Or Ben, ben Affleck. Or Ben... Yeah, there you go. That's it. We've got that's it. it. Solved. Got it what? Estrella, get, get you on the phone. <laughs> uh, so the, the four of them proceed on to the final, and I, I, Joe, I didn't really mind that, to I be know, honest. I was, it was fine. I would have been much, much more frustrated about Estrella going home at this point. Then, then it yeah. would have, uh, about the four of them going to the finale I'm, I'm excited to see what they do so the twist is we have to wait two weeks until Sharon wins because we have a reunion <laughs> next week <laughs> how exciting uh, I was trying to think like, is there anyone that I'm like excited to see or hear from yeah not really I don't think so I like it's definitely been a good cast of queens. Yeah, like, I don't think that there was. I don't particular, know I don't, who's going to bring the team. Yeah, Jurigi and Setlas might have a good. Yeah, other, oh, yeah. that's true. I think Setlas and Jurigi definitely will will come for each other, and we might get more about um, Marina's wind problem. Yeah. <laughs> that was so strange. But can we name all the queens on this season in order of elimination? So Mar- Marisa, Marisa Pisa went home first. And then Ariel Rec, and then our favourite. Hota Karahota? No, oh, Samantha, Samantha Ballantyne. Ballantyne, then Hota Karahota, then yeah. Demonte Mary Brown. No, I think Onyx went before Demonte. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, is it, was there anyone between Hota and Onyx? I don't think so. After Demonte, then it was um, Seth Lass and then Jurigi. Yeah, so there we go. Well done to us. I would have forgotten Hota Karahota 100%. I think. Um, I think Samantha Ballantyne could could be a loose cannon at this. Depending on this when movie. it was filmed. If it's been filmed since it was on, and I'm assuming she has seen people react to her shit drag, then that was very mean of me. I don't mean that. Like, her drag just was not at a... a her drag is obviously in a different sphere. But maybe she will be a bit more aggressive or, or a bit more kind of confrontational. I think Hota could definitely get confrontational. I got the impression like they were they were teeing themselves up to be a bit of a drama queen. Well, it's interesting. Like if it's been a pre-recorded final, like in studio, that it was recorded at the same time as the rest of the season, it would be weird for them to have done like a reunion a few weeks ago and then cut back to a finale they've already done. Yeah. So maybe if it is a like a more contemporary reunion then maybe we're getting a more contemporary final but we haven't seen that in the international franchises yet so that'll be interesting no i do wonder 
I, I'm assuming that Drag Race UK will be the first to go to the to the live final format. Yeah, season four maybe. But I don't know because it'll all depend on Rue's availability. True. Yeah, mm. that's true. Okay, so that's pretty much it for that episode. We won't be back covering the reunion next week because there probably won't be 40 minutes worth of content in it. So we'll be back in two weeks' time and we'll be discussing the reunion and the finale of España. So uh, thank you for supporting us here in the workroom. It's much appreciated. Uh, And we'll chat to you on Monday for the next episode of Season 7 of All Stars. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye.